Welcome to the Bluegrass Podcast. Today, we're talking with D.D. Taylor, CEO and founder of 502 Hemp, a CBD-focused dispensary in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to be talking about CBD, medical cannabis, and more. So you want to go ahead and get started and maybe talk about how you were exposed to cannabis originally, either if that was through 502 Hemp or if you had a history before it? Well, um, you know, I, obviously I had, I enjoyed myself in college. Um, there was definitely a boy involved, but I ended up making Dean's list both semesters that I was an avid cannabis user and I've always struggled myself with, um, attention deficit disorder and just trying to stay focused. But, you know, growing up in the eighties, it wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? You just figure, you kind of figured out how to work through that. And, um, you don't realize really that it was a big thing. I mean, kids are kids. Right. And I struggled a lot with that as a kid, as a child, and then even in college and as an adult as well. But I noticed back in college that yeah, heck yeah, I made Dean's list that whole semester and didn't even, you know, it wasn't like I was going to classes stoned or anything, but you know, it was, Mm -hmm. it helped me focus. And then, and then you graduate, then you have to get a real job and, you know, you worry about the drug testing. So I didn't do it for a really long time. I actually have a paralegal background. I have a bachelor's degree in paralegal studies. So I was kind of in the legal field and the law field for years and years and years. And then in 2009, I met my husband, John. And he told me, it took him a while to tell me, but he suffers with seizures. And at that time, he was on 28 pills a day. And those pills were literally killing him. It was a cocktail of Lomigdal, Dilantin, and Phenobarbital. And he was still having seizures. He had a seizure, and I hadn't moved down here yet. Um, I was living in Northern Kentucky at the time, but he had a seizure that was so bad. He ended up defecating on himself, broke three ribs, and they found him about three miles from his home um, at Speedway in the beer cooler. And it's a running Holy joke cow. for him. Yeah. And it's a running joke. Like, yeah, he's still out of it, but he could find the beer cooler. Um, <laughs> God love him. Yeah. Right. He, uh, the deflection there, but um, he, after that, I was like, you know, we really need to try something else. He, we went to see his neurologist together and they just wanted to increase his pills. And the amount that they had him on, they told him he would need a new liver, like those grow on trees. They told him, right. They told him they were giving him enough to tranquilize an elephant and that he should be in a wheelchair. And I'm like, what kind of life is that? That is not a life. I said, we have to find something that is better. And we went, um, well, I kind of encouraged him to, to look more into cannabis products because I had seen things where Mm -hmm. it was helping people and, um, especially people, you know, with, um, Parkinson's and, um, just some of, and seizures, definitely for the seizures. And he learned about CBD oil out West. It was more of the one-to-one, but, um, we started making it at, at home. And mm-hmm. this was well before any of the, you know, any of the farm bills had passed. So um, I was terrified. I was terrified that at any minute the DEA was just going to come 
break down our doors. And I'm like over a plant that is helping my husband. He ended up going five years seizure free. Just by using, right. Just by using the cannabis products. And he was literally um, extracting. It looked like we had a distillery in our garage. I mean, he had fabricated this whole thing. I mean, he's such a genius that um, I, I don't give him enough credit sometimes. Um, but he he started using it. It was working for him. And then in 2014, he and a partner became one of the first licensed processors in the state. So mm-hmm. I, being the skeptic that I am, I was like, well, okay, this is great that it helps you and your seizures, but not everybody has seizures. Like, who else is this going to help? And in 2016, I had like... I wouldn't necessarily call it a mental breakdown, but my anxiety had just increased. I mean, things in the hemp business were still very, very volatile. And especially here in the state, um, Mm -hmm. still new people don't know about it. You know, Um, I, so things really hadn't taken off for him yet. And my hours got cut and I was kind of the one bringing home, you know, the paycheck and we had a daughter So I was like having anxiety attacks. Like, what are we going to do? You know, all this panicky stuff. I called him one day, interrupted a meeting he was in. And I was like, I almost wrecked our car. I couldn't control my panic. And he's like, would you just try the bleepity bleep oil? And I was like, okay, okay, I'll try it. (laughs) (laughs) So he brought me some home of the nastiest taste and stuff, Elijah. It was, oh, it was God awful. (laughs) I'll never forget it. But I mean, it was just filled with all the hemp, hemp, everything in it. And, but you know what? I started using it. And after about the third day, I could really tell. I was like, oh, maybe there is something to this. And after about the fifth day, just all that weight on my chest started lifting. I wasn't nearly as anxious. I I was starting to sleep again because, you know, when you got all that anxiety, nine times out of 10, you're not sleeping. And then it just Mm -hmm. makes your anxiety worse. So I really was just like, okay, there's, there is something to this. So being the paralegal and the research person that I am, I really started doing my homework and just really learning about how this plant helps people, you know, and the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system and this, it should have never, ever been taken out of our diet ever. Um, Our body actually needs these cannabinoids just to find its homeostasis. And a lot of people just don't realize that because, you know, we've, it's just been conditioned in our head that we, it's a drug and that it's bad for Mm -hmm. you. And that, you know, and, and so many people have gone to jail for it and, prosecuted and just, I mean, their whole lives ruined and everything ruined. So I think when I realized that, you know, any other drug you take that is pharmacology or even meth, heroin, you know, birth control, aspirin, you have to keep taking those things to keep them in your system because our bodies are designed to get rid of the poisons, right? So Mm -hmm. when you know, you're on the only thing that the body seems to keep is THC and it keeps it for 35, 45 days, however long your body keeps it in its system. But that's the one drug that they say is a drug that your body hangs on to. If it truly was a drug and it truly was poison, our bodies would get rid of it. 
Our mm-hmm. bodies are designed to get rid of it. That's why we have kidneys. That's why we have liver. You know what I mean? So when that really dawned on me, um, that I was like, wow. And granted, my husband had learned about the patent that our government owns on cannabis oil, you know, where it lists schizophrenia mm-hmm. and Parkinson's and he, and he's a veteran. So he was really furious about that. I think that's what really lit the fire up under him to be in this business. Um, but for me, it was the fact that we've really been lied to for a really long time. So fast forward, um, I started, well, I started kind of selling the products and educating people on what I had learned back in 2016 full time. I ended up quitting my job as paralegal and I focused on this full time and it has been such an amazing ride. I mean, I get goose pimples and I about tear up, um, on how many people I've been able to help with these products. And I mean, I know you can't see it, but I'm sitting in my office and my walls are literally lined with thank you notes, um, from people and how much I've helped them. Sorry, I get emotional. I did not intend that to happen. So my apologies. No, take your time. I worked at a medical dispensary a couple of years and you really get to know people and they become your friends and the people you care about. So I totally understand. It changes your perspective on what things can do. It really does. I mean, you know, it's amazing how some of the lawmakers in this state talk about how there's no anecdotal or, or or that the anecdotal evidence doesn't matter. And I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. Of course it matters. These are these are the patients that are using these products and they have helped them. And more THC is going to help them even more. So why that people, I mean, why we've had such a fight for medical here in the state is just beyond me. I mean, don't get me wrong, CBD has been a life-changing thing for myself and my husband and and so many other people I know, but I see nothing wrong with having a higher THC level. I just don't. And I never will now. I mean, my whole perception on cannabis in general has just changed dramatically. And whether people want to use it recreation, recreationally, or it's strictly medical, it doesn't matter because even the people that want to use it recreationally, it's still helping their body medically. So it's all medical to me. It's all helping someone some way, somehow. And for us, you know, to be denied that as a country even is just, it's sad. It's sad that, that we have just been lied to for so long. So I don't know. I guess that's just where I've come. I've come through and come along. Well, and I think there's also an area in between where you don't need to be at the very end of a need before they allow you to try higher THC products, kind of like you're talking about with adult use or recreational. If an elderly person wants to get a topical for their just regular arthritis, they should be allowed to. There are ways that you can use this without going all the way, let's say. Exactly. And, and we have those, luckily I do have topicals and products and stuff like that for people that don't want to experience that euphoria feeling or the high feeling, obviously through the CBD products. And then, um, 
when Delta 8 came out, I was the first one to be like, uh, what do you mean it gets you high? Because I'm not about that. I'm about the wellness aspect and the wellness side to things. And the more that I did my homework on Delta 8 THC, I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's a it's a form of THC that's going to give more relief to people. And the more I studied that and the more I did my homework on the legalities of it, I was like, this is almost like a small godsend for states like ours that do not have a medical program. And mm-hmm. I started carrying those products and doing my homework and all, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we had a humongous fight here in Kentucky about it. Our, our own Kentucky Department of Agriculture sent out a letter back on April 19th, I think it was 21. Yeah, 21, saying that the, you know, that the products are illegal, you could face criminal charges, all this and that. And I was like, no, that is not right. That's not fair. And myself and a group of other retailers and along with the Kentucky Hemp Association, we we fought back and we ended up winning that case. And I worked so so hard to keep Delta 8 legal in this state. And literally we got our temporary injunction on February 28th. And then on March 1st, the Senate introduced uh, Senate Bill 170, I think it's Senate Bill 170, um, in that that same year that said, in 22, that said, uh, you know, they're trying to ban all of these products. And then we had to work so hard to get that stopped. Like, it passed the Senate and we managed to stop it in the house. But I was like, you guys are going to decimate the entire hemp industry. How can you do that? You know, you talk about Kentucky being the Mecca of hemp, but it's not, it's really not. Um, It's a shame to see what hemp has become in this state and how far behind we are from other States. It's just, I don't know. I, I just have, I mean, I love what I do, but my gosh, sometimes the politics and sometimes the um, regulations that they try to impose in this industry is just beyond me. Obviously, 100%. they do not know. <laughs> so they yeah. obviously they do not know. <laughs> well, and that's like you're saying, helping educate them, right? Doing the good work of, all right, this is what we want. This is why we want it. What is it that you need to make this happen, right? Like you said, there is no good reason why you can't operate, not unregulated, but you're definitely being overregulated. Correct. And I, and even in our, um, when we talked about it, you know, I am perfectly fine 21 and up. As a matter of fact, I already do that. I have a um, web check that literally verifies age. We, ha- we do it in our store. It is 21 and up. I will not sell these kinds of products, the Delta 8 and the Delta 9 products to children. That is not what mm-hmm. we're about. So those kind of regulations I'm fine with. I'm also fine with the fact that they should be labeled correctly and they should have testing done on them. Um, that I've never had a problem with. That I have done since the beginning, since I started having my own brand as well. That kind of stuff is important. It is, you know, you need to be... Um, transparent. People are using these products. So that I'm perfectly okay with. Uh, What I'm not okay with is some of these brands that are literally stealing other COAs and marking them as their own 
even though their product's not what it is and not what it should be. That that's that's worrisome. And those those kind of things are coming from out of state. You know what I mean? They're not necessarily coming from Kentucky because for a while mm-hmm. processors here in Kentucky couldn't even make anything. You know what I mean? They were terrified of losing their processing license. So mm-hmm. it just it put a bad taste in in a lot of the processors. Um they just you know, it was that constant fight. So I think a few of them, quite a few, have left Kentucky and don't even process here anymore. Um, and that's sad. We've lost businesses because of some of these rules and regulations when, again, we should be leading the forefront on it. But it's amazing how people have split this plant, um, even though it's the same plant, whether it's medical, recreational, or hemp, it is. it starts with the same plant. So the same cannabinoids that are found in marijuana are the same cannabinoids that are found in hemp. And it just, it amazes me sometimes how ignorant that our society is as a whole. But at the same time, if I can help educate them and teach them and show them, you know, this is going to help you for this or this or this, even though I can't make any claims to anything because of the FDA. And that's a whole other mm-hmm. conversation, Elijah. But um, it's just, it's so important that people know how these products can help them and know that, you know, we do have some products available. You don't need to drive out of state. You don't need to risk prosecution or go through all of the rigmarole of being charged with something and then hope you get a pardon. So uh, while I'm happy that that executive order was done by Governor Bashir and hopefully we'll get something passed, you know, people don't have to risk anything. There are hemp products that are just as good as driving across state lines and bringing it back in. Our products are legal. They're federally legal. They're federally compliant. They're, you know, they're legal through the state too. So I guess that's just, I I worry about everybody jumping, jumping and, you know, there's people out there that are selling freaking medical cards. And I'm like, you don't need a medical card. We do not have a medical program. You know, and I I hate it when people get taken advantage of. It really, really bothers me as a human being. We should not be taking advantage of other people. I get capitalism. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I do not like it that there are companies out there that are taking advantage of people that don't truly understand what the executive order means or what it means in Kentucky that, you know, you we don't have a medical marijuana program yet. So for you to spend money to get your medical card is just, it's, it's not needed. And and I hate that for people. Oh, it's absolutely predatory. And the people who who do it are scumbags. Like, no, it, it's technically not illegal, but there is no justification, especially with the licensing. I think like you're talking about Mm -hmm. medical patients who want to do things right who are being forced to pay hundreds of dollars or not forced, but tricked into doing that. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. That one in particular gets me so much. It does so- me too. It does me too. And, and you've got, what's even worse is that there are some hemp companies that are doing it. Yes. It's being supported in a uh-huh. numerous different places. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it's sad. Oh, a hundred percent. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, opening up 
the processing and different things, but people might not realize that you have the retail locations that are more the CBD dispensary. And then you also make your own products now, not just at the beginning of your story. Could you talk some about the products that you have in the store and some of the things you have now that people might be able to try or? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so 502hemp.com is our website for Kentucky. And then I also have 812hemp. We just opened up a new location in Clarksville, Indiana as well. And that kind of resulted from the Delta 8 fiasco here in Kentucky. I started looking for a place in Indiana back in, oh my gosh, May of 21. And then I finally, finally found a place after two failed um, location lease attempts. Um, but it's a beautiful place over in Clarksville. And hopefully we can build that store up as we have this one. But we, so we started out CBD products, obviously, that is what my husband's company makes. And he makes full spectrum. We have broad spectrum. So that has all cannabinoids, but the THC is undetected. Full spectrum has all of the cannabinoids, including the THC at that 0.3% level. And we also have THC free for those that only, only need the CBD. Now, I always believe that everybody needs all the cannabinoids, but I totally understand why some people cannot take any THC products at all. You know, CDL drivers, um, police officers, firemen, it, pretty much anybody. There's a lot that, you know, they get drug tested. So we do have that THC free complete version. We also have bombs, B-A-L-M-S, in case it sounds like bombs, <laughs> um, but that's mm -hmm. like our top, that's our topical uh, use. We also have like a roll-on that is a CBD biofreeze, which has become my favorite whenever my lower back is killing me. Um, I love that thing. Um, I even used it. I was suffering with some bronchitis and my voice is still just a little off, but I would even put it on my neck and my, uh, my chest rolling that on that camphor and the menthol and it kind of helps ease some of that. And CBD alone helps it mm -hmm. always. Um, we also have capsules for people that don't like to taste the oils. We also have gummies in a variety of different flavors of the CBD products. And then of course we have our own Delta eight line, which is, um, a tincture, an oil, we call it orange float. And it's, my brand is called D's D8 and D's D9, kind of kind of a spoof from D's Nuts. So we're mm -hmm. having some fun with that. Um, but our D's brand has um, the Delta 8. We have a couple different milligrams, 25 and a 50. And then on our D's D9, we have gummies that are about 10 milligrams per gummy in uh, blue raspberry flavor. And then I also have two blends. One blend is a CBN and the THC, and that has really been helping people sleep. And then a, the other blend is a THC and a THCV. And people have really loved that one a little bit more for the focus side of things. So having those little blends of that, while they're not true cannabis terpenes, I've never been a fan of the taste of terpenes. And I know I'm not the only one out there. Um, <laughs> I mm -hmm. like actual good flavored stuff. So I have um, made all of my products more about it being palatable for people 
people to use regularly. Um, I think from the beginning, that was uh, after tasting my husband's that gross stuff that he brought home to me. I was like, uh-uh, I got to have my own flavors. I got to have something that tastes good and that people will actually not hate using, you know, because it tastes mm-hmm. so bad. And there's so many on the market like that where I'm just like, bleh, bleh. I just don't care for those. So I... Um, all of our CBD oil just tastes so much better. It's just cleaner. We take out of a lot, a lot of that waxy, hempy flavor to it, that um, the hemp acids, and it's just cleaner and tastes so much better. I know some people think that, um, or at least they've said that having flavor takes away the efficiency of the oil. And I'm like, that is so not true, not true at all. Um, at just all. adding to it. So, you know, that, but, people will spend things however they can if they're only carrying a product that is natural. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not about the and and our flavoring's natural. So it's not like it's artificial flavoring. Um I was I'm very big on that wellness side to things. So having the cleaner flavor is important to me too. Um you know I I love those. Those are my three products that the, we just, it was 502 hemp brand of the CBD oil and we're just slowly changing it to the, to Marea extracts. Um, that, that name is from, I have a great niece and she has my middle name of Dawn. And I just loved how Marea kind of means, um, miracle, in latin and i just thought it was beautiful so uh, we slowly started to change the name on our cbd products to marea extracts and it's also a little bit easier if other companies or businesses want to carry those products instead of just carrying the 502 hemp store product you know so mm-hmm. that that's been fun uh getting all that stuff together but each product when people come into our stores and they have questions myself and my staff is very knowledgeable and we do our best to educate. I think that has been the number one thing that bugged me when I first got into this business, you know, all of a sudden in 18, everybody, you know, right after, well, technically 19, right after the farm bill um, was signed, so many people jumped on the bandwagon and started selling these products. But most of them couldn't tell you how they were made. They couldn't tell you how the hemp was grown. They couldn't tell you about the testing. They couldn't even tell you like how much you should start with or even dosing. And it just annoyed me so much. That's really why I ended up opening up my actual store. And um, I opened it up in October of 2018 because I wanted people to be able to come in and get educated and learn mm-hmm. about these products. And, and you know, and I, I just thought that was so, so important and not to just be selling it and not to just be, oh, hey, um, yeah, I, I get this at, it's one of our local um, health food stores. I'm like, do you know how it's extracted? Do you know, mm-hmm. do you know about the testing side? And most people couldn't t- answer that. And I said, well, how do you know it's safe? I mean, a lot of companies just buy whatever's cheapest and resell it, right? And I'm like, yeah, and you got to know what you're ingesting and you need to know how to ingest it and to make it work for you. So that's always been at the, the core of my business model was about educating our customers and providing quality, safe, reliable products and having integrity while I'm in this business. I think that's just been the number one core value is 
taking care of our customers and making sure that they are truly educated on how to use these products. And when Delta 8 came along and, you know, the Delta 9 and how they're isolating that as well. I mean, people were like, how's this legal? How's this legal? And I'm like, I'm going to tell you how this is legal. And it just, it's opened up that door for even more questions and um, more people getting into it because, you know, a lot of people know what THC is. A lot of people do not know what CBD is. And while I have customers that only come in for the THC products, we also try to tell them how CBD can help them still as well. And I, I just mm-hmm. think that's important for them to know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if people have questions, they can reach out to me on, we're, we're on all the social medias, um, info at 502hemp.com. They can definitely come into my store. They can send a message through our website. We're always here to help. And that is the number one thing that I just think was lacking for a long time in this industry. And I feel like I've done a pretty darn good job trying to educate people that come in. I just think that's so important. My number one concern about Delta 8 and Delta 9 products being sold everywhere now is that, you know, they're being sold at gas stations and head shops and mm-hmm. stores. And, they're, and again, people are not being educated. So we tell our people, don't keep this around your kids. Keep it away from your animals, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is worrisome because I feel like some of these places that carry these products, um, you know, they're not educating people. And my fear is that something bad will happen to someone and then it ruins it for the entire industry where it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I don't sell alcohol for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something I want to carry. Think- <laughs> hmm. And I think you all have taken it an extra step further on the education side. And I know that I've seen some good outreach and you all also have a podcast that people can turn into, right? If they want to get some more on the education side as well. We do. It's called Hemp and Happiness. So H-E-M-P-I-N, happiness. Um, we talk about so many things on there from, you know, what's coming down the pipeline as far as the legalities um, all the way to, hey, this is what you should be taking or, you know, even the drug interactions. I mean, a lot of people don't realize there are some drug interactions and they should tell their doctors that they're taking these products. So yeah, we talk about everything. And sometimes I'm not going to lie to you, Elijah, they're a little vulgar and we do a lot of cussing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we have a lot of fun too. Um, Yeah. I think our, our podcast has been quite entertaining to say the least. And Matt, my business partner, he and I, um, we are very much like brother and sister. So he, we do not always agree. And I think that's what makes it quite entertaining sometimes too. Um, Mm -hmm. He has his own personality and I have my own personality. So it's, it's pretty fun. Um, And it it is, it's entertaining, but educational. So yes, I I do love having that podcast. Um, It's we have about 40 episodes recorded. So we did Mm -hmm. Really um, up to date. Um, we're lacking this year a little bit with the new store opening. We're just trying to find the time to record some. But yeah, I've got some um, more interesting educational pieces that I've been put together for that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. I always sometimes forget to. So but yes. Absolutely. That was, I think I found out about you all through Kentucky Moms and some of the other groups, but that was the first thing I went to when I found your all site, listening to some of those. 
And we cool. talked about, yeah, THC limits a little bit and a little bit about the regulation around it. Is there anything that you would like to see changed since we're in the legislative session right now and people are discussing cannabis regulations and legislation? What would you like to see changed, if anything, in the industry? I Okay, so I definitely would love to see medical marijuana happen here in this state. Um, I do worry that big canna is already here and they are going to monopolize it. So that scares me because it has happened mm-hmm. here in the hemp industry as well. Um, I do think that people need to be able to get a higher form of THC. Now, whether that is done through medical marijuana or even the hemp industry, it, it could happen. Um, I mean, they've talked about raising the THC limits in hip to 1% through the 23 federal farm bill, but they've also talked about making it a total THC content, which would wipe out Delta eight and they would, you know, it just be total THC. Now you could still get a pretty big gummy if they did it to the 1%, but their, their talk is to keep it at the 0.3 for total THC. So that is concerning and alarming. And most people in this industry do not even realize that that is going up federally. And Mm -hmm. you have got, and you've got Kentucky politicians that are pushing that federally, unfortunately. Um, And those same politicians are also wanting to run for governor here in the state. So my fear is if that happens, medical marijuana will not happen in Kentucky um, and it will hurt the hemp industry as well. But in this legislative session that we are in right now, (laughs) we have got to at least get something past medical because that executive order it has, while I'm happy something was done, it is not the answer to Kentucky's medical marijuana issues. Um, I think it caused a lot of, um, it, it has caused a lot of side issues. You know, people questioned it thinking that we have a medical marijuana program and we don't. So while I love the fact that Governor Bashir did that to try and force the Senate's hand to vote on it, we really need to get something voted on because my fear is more people are going to be prosecuted and God forbid, um, Andy's gone and then they can't get a pardon. Does that make sense? No, that makes a hundred percent sense. And I think it's right in that it's just not a replacement for legislation. No, it's not. And most, most people in this, in this state just doesn't, don't realize that. And, you know, I've been told that it's a political ploy and and I don't care. I mean, at least he did something. He was the first freaking governor to do anything to try and move it along. So progress at least. Yeah, it's something. Um, But again, it's all up to the legislators and um, the Senate leaders and to get something passed. And I, I do think it needs to be done. Um, I still fear that at any day they can drop a new um, bill that bans all these other cannabinoids. And mind you, Elijah, I do not carry all of these crazy ones that have been coming out. I am very Mm -hmm. reserved about what I carry because I do not know. um, Like 
I, I don't even want to like get into it, but I'm, I try to stick to as natural as possible. That's in the plant. Now, you know, CBD isolate is kind of what, how they are making the Delta eight, but the Delta eight is naturally occurring in that plant. Some of these other designer cannabinoids that they've talked about, I am extremely leery and about carrying anything else because it is a very, very fine line between synthetic and naturally occurring. Um, and true synthetic is something to me that is just completely made up right now. Mm-hmm. There's a synthesis process in the CBD to the Delta eight, but you start with a cannabinoid. It ends as a cannabinoid. Some of these other ones, they're starting with something else that's not a cannabinoid and then ending up with some kind of a cannabinoid. So I'm mm-hmm. very leery to carry any of those types of other products. So I, um, mostly because I did not get in this business to become a criminal. Do you know what I mean? And I certainly mm-hmm. didn't get in this business to hurt anybody. Um, so I have my reservations about some of those other cannabinoids now. And and people argued with me and, you know, and I'm like, that that's up to you. Like that, that's your business. Uh, my business is I'm, I'm here to help people. It's never been about um, I'm get rich quick or jump on that hip bandwagon to make money. I, I've been in this a lot longer than most people in this industry. And it's never been about that for me. So I do believe that Delta 8 is made safely, um, depending on who is making it. I do believe that that is a natural uh, occurring cannabinoid in the plant, and it is helping people, and that THC is needed. Um, Let's just hope that we keep moving forward in Kentucky and not backwards and stop trying to ban one cannabinoid out of a plant or do this or that to further the divide between the plant because it is all one cannabis plant. So I think in Kentucky, we, we need our hemp people together as much as we need our medical people together, as much as we need our recreational people together. We all just need to come together as one plant. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? And I just, I've, yeah, I've always felt that way. I'm just like, it's the same plant (laughs) y'all. It's just the same plant. Exactly. And I think drawing it back to the plant is important because like you're talking about the influence of these larger MSOs and out-of-state operators, that's a reasonable concern. We've seen with Cureleaf the past couple of weeks, they've shut down operations in California, Colorado, Oregon, because the premise of their business was limited monopoly licensing. It wasn't about the patients or the people in those states. It was about a vested fire. Oh, yeah. I see their job postings on Indeed, and it made me blow a gasket. I was like, how is this already? No, 100%. Whenever I'm down in Frankfurt, the thing I advocate for is home grow and one acre direct-to-consumer for small farms. Because I'm coming from sun-grown outdoor flower the entire time. And it hurts when they don't allow flour as well, or some of the other more natural forms. I'm like, you're going to allow that, but you won't allow me to do this. Right. And then there was the whole thing where you could vaporize it. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're trying to eliminate vapes and all of that. And, but that's going to be okay. I'm a little confused. Exactly. Well, and even hemp flour, I, I won't sell it in Kentucky because it is illegal to sell it. 
Now, granted, there are stores everywhere around me. All, everybody is selling it, but I do try to follow the letter of the law. And I definitely don't want to be prosecuted for something like that because they could, you could literally get uh, trafficking charges by selling hemp flour, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. And again, going back to home grow, like you shouldn't be scared of it. Mm-hmm. Also, they want to talk about safety a little bit and not that flour is necessarily always safe. But if you only have manufactured products or concentrates, the likelihood if there's contamination that one of those is going to become concentrated is way higher than in something like flour. Agreed. Agreed. And you control the environment where that flour is grown. And if you're the only one taking it, that there is no reason you should not be able to grow your own medicine. You should not face any charges for growing your own medicine or your own tomato plants because that's mm-hmm. what it should be about. So I'm with you on that one. I have a my father-in-law, um, God, God bless him. He was riddled with back issues and has had multiple surgeries. So he was on opiates for years and they just did not do anything. And he went and got his medical card in Oregon, I believe. And that, and it, let me just tell you for anyone that thinks that cannabis doesn't help people. I have, I've been here since I, I've met him when he was at his lowest and granted that poor man is still in pain, but he is doing so much better. I mean, it's just amazing night and day difference with him and not even just my husband and his seizures, but, you know, in gosh, since 2009, my husband, he still has seizures, not nearly what they were. He was having two to four a month. He has had eight since 2009. And there's no doubt in my mind that cannabis saved him. And I will always be an advocate for it in one way, one form, any way I can help any organization, any industry, um, even fighting the good fight. I plan on being there tomorrow myself. Um, finally got, got it on my calendar. So I, I just, people need to know that these products actually help people and it's not the bad drug that we, that has been shoved down our throats for so long. For someone who hasn't stopped by a CBD store or a dispensary, Sometimes they can be nervous. What would you tell them before coming in or maybe some things to do before they arrive? You know, really, my facility is very family friendly. Um, You do not see a bunch of um, smoking apparatuses or anything like that. So really, they hopefully, even if they are nervous, we're here to help them. That's the one thing that they need to know. And they do not need to be nervous about coming in and asking questions. Even if they have questions later, they can always call us. Do you know what I mean? If their nervousness gets to them and they don't ask everything that they want to ask, they can always call us later. But mm-hmm. um, if you're even if you're not coming into my store, just make sure you do some due diligence. Check out their website. Check out their reviews on Google. Ask a friend. I think sometimes a friend referral is probably the best thing that you can get when you're looking at um, a, a hemp or CBD company dispensary type thing. I think it's just important for you to feel comfortable when you are coming into a store. And I think 
I would like, I would love, I would like to say that we've done a pretty good job with that. I think just knowing how family friendly we are. I mean, we even let pets in our store. Children can come in. It's not, um, it, it's just much more. I don't, I mean, I hate to use the word upscale, but we're not a head shop, we're mm-hmm. not a vape store. Nobody's smoking in our facility, if that makes sense. So I think some people they're put off by that too. Um, and at the same time, we do still offer some vape products. So it's not like, um, you know, we have a little bit of everything. So I think people just do your homework on the facility that you're going to visit, make sure they're on the up and up. And if you had any advice for someone maybe looking to enter the industry or someone who's looking to start up their own CBD place, what advice would you give someone like that to try and do it right or steps maybe to avoid? Oh my gosh, Elijah. Oh, that is such a tough question because I have been here since, you know, 2016 and I've seen it grow a lot and I've seen it also stall a lot. My biggest thing I would tell somebody is to make sure you have an audience. Don't just open up a store to open it up. Make sure that you have a good following and people already know you and definitely get your bank in order and your credit card processing in order because that has been two of the biggest hurdles and such pains in the butt to take care of. I couldn't tell you how many accounts I've had closed. I couldn't even tell you how many credit card processings I've had closed on me. That has probably been the bane of my existence um, is dealing with that kind of stuff. So I would, and, and make sure you're selling a good product. Don't just sell it to sell it. Do your research on those products and make sure they're good products and they're quality products. And, and make sure that, you know, your integrity shows too and help people don't just get in this business to make money, because if that's why you're getting into it, I'm telling you that is the rose colored glasses were never put on for me from the beginning. I knew I was never going to be a billionaire just jumping in this industry. And so many people have gotten into this business because they saw money. And if that's why you're doing it, I would tell you not to you would be better off doing something else. So that's the best I advice I can give. <laughs> oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. The people who stay in cannabis are people that really love the plant and really want to be here. If you're trying to make money, you can make a living and you can do well, but it's not falling out of the sky. Exactly. Exactly. And if it is, and you have a, a company that is bragging about how much money they've made, I mean, I, I, I would question their integrity. I really would. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I grew up too that uh, life wasn't about money. I felt like I was put on this earth to help others. And um, money to me is just paper. And granted, I do need it to live. Everybody does. But at the same time, I'm not stupid. I just, you know, I I got in this business to help. And those are the kind of quote unquote competitors that I like. Those are the ones that I know that even though they're not coming to my store, if they're going to another store that's like mine, I'm glad. I want them to, I want people to be educated. I want them to get good quality products. And I want them to know that, you know, there are still people out there that are in business that actually care. 
and that, you know, we do, we do exist. <laughs> we do exist. And I know I'm not the only one in this industry. There are a lot of really good people that are in this industry that do care. And it, you just kind of got to weed those out and find them. And that's who you support. Edie, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking. You too. You too. I really appreciate it too, Elijah. It's been, it's, I love doing these. So I'm very happy to help spread the word about my company and and just help spread the word that, you know, we can uh, all live with cannabis and, (laughs) and get it passed. So thank you. If you're a band that would like to play your country or bluegrass song on the podcast, send it on over. We're taking submissions now and we'll be featuring one song per episode. If you haven't yet, Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to stay up to date with news, merch, and more, make sure to follow us on Instagram at bluegrass underscore cannabis, TikTok at bluegrass cannabis, Twitter at bluegrass canna. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe. The Bluegrass Podcast. Old-fashioned. All-natural, Kentucky Bluegrass.